0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. <clears throat> Welcome everyone, Bruch Baum to the first year of the new season. Say, so what are you talking about? What's the new season? The new season between Purim and Pesach. That's the new season. Um, if anybody still wants to get the Sefer for Purim, it's still available. Now is actually the best time of the year to get it, because you have the whole year to read it. You know, before Purim, it's not the best time, because you only have a few weeks. Now you have the whole year to, uh, a a to, uh, <clears throat> but the other, um, so I have good news, Bezos Hashem, we're working on the next safer for Pesach, which, uh, will be available, the de D'shmaya next Pesach. I want to thank, uh, my good friends, Dr. and Mrs. Fuchs and Flatbush for, again, uh, dedicating the second volume. But if anybody wants, uh, to participate in the volume for Pesach, a number of people have already helped out. We greatly appreciate it. And the first Sefer really had a lot of heavenly assistance. It made it la Arba Kanfei Oretz. And we hope Vaiter, V'Anisham should give us the Sefer to the Shemaya. Okay, so due to popular demand, I got a lot of messages this week. Um, are you going to continue with the birds? Are you going to continue with the birds? Last year we learned about the birds. So uh, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I wasn't sure. But I got so many messages, and people were so uh, enthused by the bird shear. So we're going to continue with the birds. So you say, I wasn't here last year. So we're going to go back in time, and we're going to make it in two minutes. Ke'ilu, you were here last year. Um, what, what do we mean by the birds? So the last year, Parash the week right after Pesach, we read one line in the Yushalmi, a fascinating line. The Yushalmi said, the Yushalmi in Brachos, Parak Be'ez Halach That Rabbiya Bar Abba, and by the way, just ignore this item that's covered by a towel. Make believe it's not here. I don't want anyone to get distracted. You know, I'm not saying whether it's going to be relevant to the shear later. It just, there's something here under a towel, and try to focus on the shear without getting distracted by the mysterious item under the towel. Okay. So, the Yishami says like this. Rabbiya Rabbah said, I never had Kavanah and Shemonesa in my life. And the one time I tried, I got distracted by, I couldn't figure out what's more important, who's greater, an arkavsa or a reish So we gave a whole shir, what does this mean that he never had Kavanah? And he got distracted by what's more khashev, an arkavsa or galusa, And Shmuel said three words, and that's what the whole shir was based on. It's the Yushalmi, it's in last year's edition, you don't have it on the sheet. Shmuel Amar, I count the birds. That's how I have Kavanah B'Shemona Esri. I count the birds. He counts the birds. I know people count sheep to go to sleep. Some people come to a shear. They sit back and they imagine, you know, there's a fence and sheep are passing by. And it it aids in the process of falling asleep. But what what did Shmuel mean? that um, he counts the birds. How would counting the birds enable him to have kavanah? So we said an incredible idea, and this comes from the Sefer, based Tfilah. Based Tfilah is written by Rabbi Shua Heller, who is a Talmud of Rabbi David Tevola, a Talmud of the Vilna Gain. And he has an astounding uh, um, presentation, and actually an entire Sefer, based on the concept that the birds mentioned in Parashashmini correspond to the Baruchos and Shmanasri. So you'll ask, what do you mean? There are 20 birds in this week's parasha, and 21 birds in parasha surah So the base fila, now this is a little small red safer that I, I, I first saw in my uncle's house, with Svi Hirschfang, and I later got a hold of the safer. The, the, the Rabbi Shua Heller wrote an entire safer, Explaining how each bird in Shemona Esrei is connected, a, um, each bird in Pashash Shemini is connected another bracha in Shemana Esrei. And if you focus on the bird, you'll have much more kavanah. And I have to say, the last two days, my Shemona Esrei has been much better than it was before. My Shemona has been transformed. By each bracha, I think of a bird, your Shemona will never be the same. That for sure. Better or worse, it will never be the same. Okay? And, yeah. and uh, Rabbi Shua Heller first says, Shalom. Rabbi Heller first says that, how do you reconcile? There are 20 birds in Parashas Re'eh, 20 birds in Shemini, 21 in Re'eh. So he says, uh, he quotes the Gemara in Chulen, Samach Gimel Amad Beis Amar Rabbi Avahu, the Ayah, the Dayah, the Ra, and the Da are all the same bird. So it comes out, the Ayah and the Dayah in Shemini, the Ra, the Da, the Ayah in, in Parshish Re'eh, they're all one bird. So it comes out both in Shemini and in Re'eh, there are 19 birds. Each bird corresponds perfectly to another brach of Shemoreh So for instance, tonight when you and Mariv, the first bird mentioned in Shemini and in Ree as Hanesher, the eagle. What do we know about an eagle? We know one thing about an eagle. The eagle is the highest flying bird. So the eagle hovers above all the birds. The reason being, the eagle says... If anybody, I don't have to worry about a bird swooping from above me. I only have to worry about a missile shooting from below. So if the, if the missile shoots from below, better the arrow should hit me. So what is the eagle functioning as? A mugging! So in order to appreciate what the Ribbentrop did for Avraham and what he does for us, in order to have the hargosha and the feeling that the Shem says, better that the Klal Yisrael should go into the Golos, then I have to punish them, and my name should be defiled. So God, so to speak, is taking it on the chin for Klal Yisrael and for Avram Avinu. When you think Magen Avram, think about an eagle. You're not having Kavanah, you're a little, sleep, a little sleepy during Shemana Esrei. The first bracha, think about the eagle. Okay, that's number one. And then, <coughs> the second bird is the Peres, and the third bird is the oznia. But Rabbi Shua Heller has the whole Torah, and we explained this last year. TorahanyTime.com. Remember, you could go back to the the shir. Ozniya Mulashan Milosh Oiz. Milo oiz is Gevura. That's connected the second brach of Shemana which is Gevurais. And the Peres, which is half, I mean, because Yaakov Avinu, it's half um, chesed and half Gevura. Okay, so the three first birds, it's HaNeshav, ha- it's a ha- Peres Ozniya, connected the first three brachos of Shemana Esrei. Then we go to Atah Choynein. Atah you know, we start Atah Choynein li'adam das, melamei le'noish, bina, two things. And then we say, chanenei de'ya, bina, So we start with the declaration about two things. That's why in Shmini it's the ayah and the dayah, two birds. And in the Bakasha in Re'eh, it's three birds, ayah, dayah, Ra because it's kineget, de'ya, bina, v'haskel, or fidav, nosuch, the three bakoshos that you say in the And then last year, this. We spoke about the fifth bracha right? Tshuva. Tshuva corresponds to the raven. How's that? Tshuva is the antithesis of the raven. We learned that the raven is what color when it's born? White, and the father is black. So the father turns to the black mother, and the father says to the mother, "The kid is white. It ain't from me. Who 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 have you been uh, associating with?" And the father banishes the kid. But later on the kid turns black and the father embraces the kid. That's the way the raven is back in the day and today. You could go out to any aviary and you'll see that what I'm saying is authentic. You could go to a raven is born white and he turns black. The opposite of the Baal Tshuva who starts off Shechoira black and through Tshuva, Im Yadimu Chatoila yiyu, turns white. Okay, but now we're in Tavshin Tess and we're up to Rabbi Yisai, the sixth bracha of Shmana Esay, which is, Slach avinu kichatanu, mecha l'onu makinu kifashanu. Nu, ra- Rabbi, um, uh, Rabbi Barcoire, what's the sixth bird in Parsha Shmini? Es ha'oyre v'laminoi, v'yes ha'aya da'aya, what? The ayah, the da'aya, and then, v'yes bas? Hayana, Right. The Bas Hayana. So we're going to talk about the Bas Hayana now. Mo'evra, say, let's talk about slicha. You know, people do Averas, and people assume if you do Tshuva, God's going to forgive you. Okay, fine. So a person did Avera, and then he did Tshuva. So a person feels, I did Tshuva, God is going to forgive me. It's not true. Just because he did Tshuva, it doesn't mean Hashem is you. You need to ask for Mechila. If a person does Tshuva, and he doesn't say, Hashem, please be moichel me, you're not going to be Nimchal. In order to get, in order to ask Hashem you you have to appreciate that the avero is very severe. Like David HaMelech says, the salach to laavoni, Hashem, please forgive my sin. And the reason I'm asking for forgiveness, Kiravhu, my sin is very great. However, somebody who covers over his sin and doesn't think he really did something wrong, lo The pasuk says in Mishle, number two, mechasef v'shaav, lo yatsliach. And not only does a person have to ask for mechila. As we do, you need to say Vidoi. Like the Pasuk says, and the Rambam codifies it as a mitzvah. According to the Rambam, there's no mitzvah in the Torah to do tshuva. The Rambam does not learn tshuva as a mitzvah. The Lashon of the Rambam is Kishe Yashav. When you do tshuva, you better do Vidoi. So you have to say Vidoi. However, the Rambam adds another ingredient. The ingredient that the Rambam adds it's part of doing tshuva, rabbi. is midarke hatshuvas as a rambam and hakoshtuva. Paragbez beis alachadalid lioyis hashav. Soyek, tomid, levenay hashem. You have to cry and you have to scream and you have to beg and you have to shed bitter tears. How far we are from that? We we just say banishlam, you, know, you know, we just clap a little bit and we think it's done. You have to really cry out to Hashem, like the Pasik says in Yoyel. Uvitsaim, shuvu adai, bakolavchhem, uvifhi, uvimispaid, or like it says in Shmuel, Va Yizaku alashem. if the Yesoit of the sixth brach of Shmanasra is Slicha, then which bird do we think do you think would represent the concept of Bakosha Slicha, which entails a lot of crying and moaning and growing? There's one bird in Tanakh that every time we talk about this bird, this bird is constantly crying. And that is the ostrich, the Bas Hayana. Every time in Tanakh you see the word Yana, she's always crying. Look in Micha, number 8, Perak ala Alzois Espedan, this I will eulogize, Ve'elila, Elcha Shoylal, I'll go delirious, Espe misped katanim, I will make a eulogy like a jackal, Ve'evel kevnois Yana, I'll mourn like an ostrich. Asher just scream, they cry, they moan, they they holler. No? I didn't know yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens to be in this neighborhood, it's not so prevalent. It happens to be in this neighborhood, it's hard to experience this. But, I once had the when my first year in yeshiva, there was a shul in Fort Worth, Texas, that needed a seed program. So somebody shut me along, and then one day there was nobody to learn with, so we... Uh, they took us to a safari. And there we encounter the Basayana. But I'm going to tell you more about the Basayana very soon. Okay? So throughout Tanakh, look in Eov. Eov said, I, I mourn so great that I became a brother of the ostrich. Look at number 9. Yisi I became the brother of the jackal, of Re'al of Noisyana. So therefore, the six bracha. So until now, when I said, avinu, I, uh, I thought I was having kavana. no. Nothing compared to when I started thinking about the ostrich when I got up to Slachlano. When I say Slachlano, I think about the crying ostrich, so I, I give a little krechts, Slachlano Avinu. You have to cry out like an ostrich. That's the kavanah. Of course, Shmuel said, I never had kavanah until I thought about the birds. It's all about the birds. If you don't think about the birds, then your, your tefillah is for the birds. Okay? Rabbi said, there's another thing we know about the ostrich. What else do we know about the ostrich? Another dimension of tshuva is, you know, sometimes a person makes a mistake and they're just like shell-shocked. They're stunned. They're flabbergasted. <clears throat> when a person does an Avera, the correct feeling should be shemama, desolation. Like, <gasps> how, yeah? how could I have done such a thing? Good gentleman, you're with me. How desolation throughout Tanakh we find that when Ezra found out about the the intermarriage of Kal Yisrael it says he plucked out the hair of his head and he sat desolate likewise in Micha in Micha it says desolate over your sin but whenever the Tanakh talks about the ostrich where do ostriches live? Say, I don't know. They don't live in Cedarhurst. So I'm going to tell you where they do live. Every time in Tanakh it talks about the habitation of the ostrich. The ostrich lives in a Makoim Shemama, in a place of desolation. Look at number 13 in the Yeshaya. It says, You will not dwell forever. No, you will be in complete desolation. No Arab will set up tent there. The Martins will go there. There are... The houses will be full of Aoichim, ferrets. The shachnu sham yana, the ostriches will move in. Ostriches live b'makaim shmama. How appropriate it is then, if we find that the attitude of the Bachuva should be what? Should be one of and one of desolation. Therefore, if you want to feel what what kind of hargasha you should have when you say the brach of Sahlanu, you should feel like a crying ostrich. An ostrich who lives in a place of desolation. What, Bas? Okay, we're going to get to the Bas in a minute, okay? It would seem that the name of it is Yana. Yeah? The name of it is Yana. <coughs> um, so therefore, says Rabbi Shua Heller, the appropriate way to have Kavana during the Brach of to think about the ostrich, think about its moaning, its wailing, its crying, and its place of desolation. But there's another fascinating aspect of the ostrich. There's Gamar and Chulin. Does anybody know if you, let's say you're uh, walking down the street, and also this is not something typical in uh, the five towns, walking down the street, anyone here ever find an eagle egg? An eagle egg? No. no. A hawk egg? A vulture egg? Are any of these kosher? They're not kosher. The egg of a non-kosher bird, is a kosher or not kosher? Not kosher. Why would it not be kosher? Why is it not kosher? So Gemara and Chulan ask, look at number 16, Samachdan, Amar chizkia, minayin How do you know the egg of a non-kosher animal is also HaToyra? Shenemer not the daughter of the vulture, of the ostrich. In fact, the Gemara, ostriches have a daughter? Ostriches don't have a daughter. Ostriches lay eggs. There's no son or daughter. What do you mean the daughter? Elaizu zubeas tamea. the makar that the egg of a non-kosher bird is not kosher, comes from the ostrich. Because it says bashayana. Bashayana refers to the ostrich. In other words, how do we know the egg of a non-kosher animal is tummy, Is You're not allowed to eat. We learn it out from the ostrich. So isn't it curious that the Torah doesn't say by the eagle that the eagle egg is tummy, or that the vulture egg is tummy, of all the eggs that the Torah chooses to say is tummy, the Torah singles out the ostrich egg. So you'll say, what is an ostrich egg? Ah, it's a good thing you came to the share tonight. Here we go. This is a real ostrich egg. So you say, why in the world does the rabbi have an ostrich egg? Wait inside. Ah, So last year, I had a zechus to go to South Africa, and um, on the coast, I saw some cousins, some B'nai Afrikani, and they were, uh, they were selling eggs. So I decided to buy it. Uh, little did I know that it would make its way into the shir one day. But this is a real live egg. after one of my kids dropped it. <laughs> it's also engraved with uh, different elephants mm. by, uh, from real Africans. But the point is, ostrich doesn't give birth to it like that. What? It's the, no, the, some do. If you have, it, if you design, put design on the ostrich, it will give birth to an, an egg like that. If you have a top, that. And not only that, but this is a special trophy case for the ostrich egg. This is the Bas Hayana, right over here. Okay, the Torah says, the Gemara and Khulun says that this is a makar that uh, that the eggs of a non-kosher of a bird are tame. So the question is, why did the Torah single out the ashes to learn out that you know how to eat a non kosher So Rabbi Shua Heller says something very interesting. You know, there are two kinds of Avera's. There are the open Avera's, there are the obvious Avera's, where the Torah says, the big three, a biggie, where it's clear you know how to do it, and sometimes the Yitzhahar persuades a person to do it anyway. But in most cases, the Yitzhahar will never persuade a person to do a really big Avera. What the Yitzhakara does is he tries to push the envelope. He tells you to do something that's not really mamish asr, but something that could lead to uh, things that are worse. For example, the Torah says you killed the ben saromayra. Why? Because he started eating a lot of meat, and by indulging in food, it could lead to much worse things. Where the Torah says don't speak to a woman, it could lead to neof. There are many examples of there are many examples of small things that could lead to much worse things. So there are really two types of Averos. The obvious ones, and the ones that are sort of incubating in the egg. Okay? Now the non-kosher birds represent real chet. But what will represent the the actions that are not actual sins, but are the beginning of sins, and the seeds of sins, and the eggs of sins? The perfect example to use, Rabbi Yisai, is the ostrich egg. Why? (laughs) Because... The ostrich represents the choyteh. The sinner is the ostrich. And he's the one who's clapping, So if the ostrich is the sinner, the ostrich egg is the small sin, the incipient sin, the the thought to do a sin. And therefore the makar, that you're not allowed to eat, the egg of an on kosher behema is the ostrich egg. Now I'm going to cover it up. And when I uncover it, it's going to be the egg of a different bird. No, just joking. Okay, <laughs> it's still going to be an accident. magic on the side. <laughs> okay, should we leave it out? We'll leave it out. <laughs> what do you say? And I think we're this is by the way, so. Next time you say slach <laughs> lanu avinu you know what you think of this. Okay, Marv Raboy we move on. We move on to the next brach of Shemone and that is what. The seventh bracha of Shemar Esrei. So remember, the first bracha is the eagle. The second bracha is the azniya. The third bracha is the paras. The fourth bracha is the ayah and the dayah. The fifth bracha is, again, this is of the oirev, the raven. But to this week, we started with the sixth bracha, and that is the ostrich. Marv Rabbi we move to the seventh bracha. Re'evanu, anyenu, variva, riveinu. Now, the first thing is, most people have no idea what this bracha is talking about. Goyel Yisrael, Riveinu redeem us from exile. There's nothing to do with exile. There's nothing to do with geula. It has nothing to, to, to do with redemption from exile. The Gemara says explicitly, or to Rashi, the geula of Re'evanu, anyenu, has nothing to do with geula from gullus. Geula from gullus is tekabeshay for Godos. Shemach David, Shemach What's re'eva anyenu? God, redeem me from my personal hardships. Everybody has personal hardships. Everybody has enemies. Everybody has people who wrong them. Everybody has uh, situations where people are, are squeezing them, where people are pressuring them. What is it called when somebody wrongs you, when somebody is afflicting you, when somebody is harming you? That's Hamas. Hamas is treachery. We need geula from treachery. From, ha- ha- Hamas, from uh From illegal... From uh, illegal gains, people taking away our money, people taking away our property. Chas v'shalaim. David is mespalel, Save me from Hamas. Now we know there are really two things. We need the one. One uh, terrible element of treachery is it causes us pain. So we say re'einov See our affliction. And then the second thing, even worse, is not only does it cause us pain, but those who are causing us the pain are gloating over and enjoying the fact that they're harming us, and that, that also is harmful. So we say, river R'rivenu, fight our cause. This is Chamas. What's the seventh bird? The seventh bird is what? The Tachmas. So you say, what's the Tachmas? The Tachmas is the cuckoo bird. But what? why is it called the Tachmas? C-U-C-K-O-O. Okay? But that doesn't matter what it is in Hebrew, in English. What is the Hebrew word? Tachmas. What's the Lashen of Tachmas? Says the Ibn Ezra, Mikzeraz Chamas. The root of the Tachmas is Chamas. So if you're saying, well, uh, right now I can't really focus on any difficulties I have in my life, think about the cuckoo. Think about the Chumas. Tachmas. tachmas. I have a hard time thinking about Hamas think about the Tachmas bird this is the bird that represents treachery deceit, harming other people then you'll be able to cry out Re'eva Yenu, veriva Rivenu, Baruch Hashem Goyel Yisro, redeem Hashem from those who cause me pain from those who put me down from those who are causing me anguish so in order to have the proper Kavana for the 7th brach of Shemona Esrei you need to think about good old Tachmas the cuckoo bird Right, good gentlemen, you're good with that. Gentlemen over there on that table, you're good with the cuckoo bird, the seventh bracha. Okay, you're writing this down. You have a pen. Here, I have a pen. Okay, give those guys a pen. You'll get um, uh, you get extra food after if you have all the. Okay, you're good. Shkayach, good, good. Um, <clears throat> so that's the seventh bracha. The seventh bracha is the cuckoo bird. Okay, the the tachmas. My rabbi we're now up to the eighth bracha, Rafa'ino. Rafa'ino. Now, the Gemara says this Rafua is not Rafua from sin, it's Rafua from physical ailment. Physical ailment. Does anybody know the very first Chayli mentioned in the whole Chomash? The first sickness mentioned in the Chomash? Ingrown I'm giving you about it, the common cold. The flu. Pneumonia. What's the first illness mentioned in the Torah? There's none in Baratheus. Good. Eh? How about in Shemais? Also none. The first time an illness is mentioned in the Torah. Bronchitis. What's the first illness? Saras. 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 It's not a choyleit saras. It's a spiritual ailment. I want a physical ailment. The first ailment is in the? Is in the in the toichichah. The Postak says, look at number twenty seven, says alechem, I'm gonna make you confused. Esha <laughs> <laughs> What it's Like the, the flesh starts to melt away. <laughs> What's the eighth brach of The Shachaf. The seagull. The gull. G-U-L-L. Okay? Why is it called the shachaf? So how would anybody know? Says the Ibn Ezra, the seagull is called the shachaf because it's moiled shachefes. What shachefes? The first illness mentioned in the Torah. It's the aviyah voice all of all chayli. So if you're having a hard time davening that Hashem should protect you from illness, chas v'shalaim. You know what you think about the seagull. Why is it called the seagull? It contaminates people with shachefes. I'm not telling you this. It's the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra says, the Shachef is called, shah- it's mylid Shachefes. So your, your Rufayinu will never be the same. Rufayinu, Shalom, I don't want to get called. No, you don't want to get Shachefes. Shachefes is bad news. Nothing worse than Shachefes. It's in the Toichicha. And this bird will give you a vivid description, a vivid picture of what you're davening to be protected from. We're now up to Rabbi Isai, the ninth brachas This is like a historical shir. Yossi, you know why? Because last year we did four brachas. We did right the first four. Then Shal shus, we did one. This today we're doing five brachas. Can you imagine? And I said last year it's gonna be a three-year series, and uh, I didn't think anybody would, would would hold me to it. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a three-year series. By the time we're done with this, your shema answer is gonna be like uh, there's gonna be a different shema answer. Okay. The By the way, it's uh, you could come for Shal Shudis this week. We're going right there. the Okay, we're now up what? Poster of birds. We're working on a, a new siddhar, you know. A new siddhar. As you know. Okay. We're up to the ninth bracha of Shemoneh Esrei. Baruch Now this is the bracha everyone is demois, everyone's crying, everyone's mistalel. Well, what happened? Uh, parnasa! This is the main bracha, right? Everybody gets very into parnasa. <laughs> the truth is, parnasa is very important because the Gemara in Taina says there was, uh, people were dying and they also needed parnasa. So they didn't know which to daven for because you only know how to daven for one thing. Sigmar so says daven for parnasa because Hashem, well, Hashem only gives parnasa to the living. So by davening parnasa, you really are davening for everything. So there's an incredible Gemara. This Gemara is uh, very interesting. Rupsen, are you ready to hear? You're fully ready? Okay. Baba Basra Khafei. The Gemara says, there are four winds that blow every day. And with every wind, the north wind blows. So there's the east, the west, the south, and the north. The north and the north blows with every wind. Every time there's a wind, there's also abyssal north wind. If it didn't blow, the world couldn't exist. You know which is the harshest of all the winds, the harshest of all the winds is Ruach Jeroimis Kashemikulan. The southern wind where number thirty one is the harshest of all. The ilmale Ben Nates. And if not for the Ben Nates, Shema that stops the southern wind, Mahrevas Sashailam, it would destroy the world, Shinemar through your wisdom, Hashem, the nates hovers. By the way, you know what the nates is? Which number bird is it? It's the ninth bird. The nates is the sparrow hawk, but we don't really care what it is in English. We're going to focus on the name. The sparrow hawk, this is a hawk that stops the southern wind. If not for the sparrow hawk, the southern wind would destroy the whole world. That wind coming up from Miami would just destroy the whole world. I see the wind, Baruch Hashem, brought a lot of people back from Miami. But you can imagine, if not for the sparrow hawk, you would have still been going to Canada now. The sparrow hawk stops the southern wind. Without the sparrow hawk, we'd be in very big trouble. Says Rashi, no, it's not actually the sparrow hawk. It's a malach that looks like a sparrowhawk. As if that's any better. So it's now it's not the sparrowhawk that stops the southern wind. It's an angel that looks like a sparrowhawk. My brother so What in the world is going on? Why, if I'm having a hard time having kavanah by Barichalenu, if I think about a sparrowhawk, I'm going to have more kavanah? These guys want to know, like, how's the sparrowhawk going to help me in life, right? How's the sparrowhawk? So I'm going to tell you. Oyem and Rabbi have a picture of the Bible? I'm sorry. No. No. Yeah, it's, it's going to come from the same shares. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. There's a hierarchy in creation. We have something called doimim, inanimate objects, rocks, stones, minerals. We have, tsoy, uh, that's a doimim, we have meach, things that grow, things that sprout, things that flourish we have chai, living things, and we have medaber, human beings. The truth is, every characteristic in one class exists in a more sophisticated form in the higher class. Whatever is in doimim is in semech. Whatever is in semech is in chai. Whatever is in chai is in medaber. That's why human being is an oilam katan. It's a small world that encompasses all the powers of creation. In fact, there's an incredible gemara in Bechairois. The gemara says, the incubation of every animal corresponds to the time it takes for a different tree to produce a fruit. So for example, a chicken, it takes 21 days to produce an egg. Mm-hmm. So too, a Luzh tree takes 21 days to produce an uh, almond. <clears throat> a dog, it's 50 days to give birth. A fig, 50 days to produce. A cat, 52 days. A, a berry, 52 days. A pig, 60 days pregnancy. An apple, 60 days. A fox and him 6 months. Tvua takes 6 months. A small, right, like the Gemara in uh, Tainas says, a tvua takes 6 months to grow. A small animal, 5 months. A grape, 5 months. A big animal that's not kosher, a year. A date palm, a year. A kosher animal, 9 months. An olive, 9 months. Um, a wolf, a lion, a bear, a leopard, an elephant, a monkey, three years? Benoit Shuach, like in Gemara it takes three years. Fine. There's an animal that takes 70 years, then uh, the Chara of the Karab tree takes 70 years. From here we see, whatever exists in the inanimate world, exists in the world of plants, exists in the world of animals. So, if that's the case, if there is a ability to flourish and grow and proliferate and produce and... and um, blossom in the world of plants then the power of blossoming and flourishing and producing exists in the animal world as well here's another parallel fish do you need to shecht fish you go to the ocean you catch a gefilte fish do you need to, do you need to shecht the gefilte fish you don't have to shecht a gefilte fish you could just eat it a bird, do you need to shecht a bird how many simonim only one simon an animal, you have to shakhtusimanim, but you don't have to cover the blood. A chaya, you even have to cover the blood. And there's some things you can't even eat, shkatsim and ramasim. The same thing in the plant world. You have certain things that grow from the ground, you make a shahakal. What do you make a shahakal on that grows from the ground? A mushroom. a mushroom. You have some things that grow from the ground, you make a hadama. That's the second category. You have some things that grow from the ground, you make a mezoinos. You have some things that grow from the ground, you make koaites. And you have some things that grow from the ground, and they don't produce any fruit. So in every category of matter, you have five categories. By the way, he writes in a footnote, that's why there are five parts of Davening. There is kriya shema, Kriyashima, Shmanasre, and Tachnan. Okay. Marvara Boysay in Bare chalaina. what are we davening for? God, make it a fruitful year, a lush year, a year of production, a year of blossoming, a year of success. We want the earth to produce. So what bird do you think we should think about when we think about flourishing and growing and blossoming? The nates! Why is it called nates? Again, comes the Ibn Ezra. You know why it's called nates? Says Ibn Ezra, Yesh lo'i noitsa rabah. It has the most feathers. And the sparrowhawk is constantly producing more feathers and more feathers and more feathers and more feathers. And more feathers. So what a successful, bountiful <coughs> um, crop would be, corresponding to that is the sparrowhawk. The sparrowhawk is in the bird world what a, what a successful crop is in the world of plants. So if you want to think, Rebunish some, give me a successful year, the best thing to think about is the sparrowhawk, the nates. It's called nates because it produces so many feathers. I wasn't able to catch a sparrow sparrowhawk, but if we would have one here, if you could just imagine, just by when it would walk from here to here, it would be like shedding flowers wherever, uh, feathers wherever it went. You know those those birds. You know, you you walk, it's constantly shedding uh, feathers. It's a very, um, it's a very plentiful. It's a very lush. It's a very it's a it's a bird that blossoms, and therefore, if you need to have kavanah by Baruch Halevo, you think about the sparrowhawk, and therefore. The south wind, which would threaten to destroy the whole world, and all the crops, and all the grain, and all the food. What angel would stand in its way to stop the south wind and give the, the crops a successful year? We know when we daven, in, we produce malachim. So what kind of malach do you think we produce when we say Baruch We produce a malach in the image of the sparrow because this is a malach that represents plenty, and smicha, and desha, and this is the, the image that we should have when we say Baruch So when you say Baruch forget this. This was slach l'ano avinu kichatano. When you think about this, this bird with a lot of feathers, the, Ibn Ezra says, Yesh noitza raba." Mavra Finally, as the night is winding down, we're going to do the tenth bracha of Shemoneh Okay, Tekah Beshoifar Gadol l'Cherosenu. Blow the great shofar for your freedom. for our freedom. We know Chazal say that blessed Lavoi, a great shofar is going to be blown. It's going to herald it in the coming of the Mashiach. Why is it called a shofar gadol? What makes it a big shaifer? Why is it big? <coughs> big compared to what? Why can't Hashem make, use a teka'ba shoifah katan? Why Hashem use a big shoifah? size. So the Pirk of the Lezer says that the aisle of Yitzhak of Inu had two horns on it. The right side and the left side. The left side was short and it was blown at Kabbalah Satoira, And the right side is long and it will be blow, blown La'asad this is a medrash I'm sure we've heard many times. The shoifah of, of Matan was smaller compared to the shoifah of La'asul Who cares what the size is? Of what significance is it that the shoifah of Matan was small and the shoifah of La'asul was large? Okay, Rabbi Yisrael, we're going to say a very deep concept now. And uh, tonight's share comes from the Sefer, again, based fila of Rabbi Yeshua Heller, Zechus Yagen and Aleinu. And he says uh, an incredible thing. Good old Adam Arishain. He ate from the forbidden fruit. He ate from the fruit. Two bad things happened when he ate from the fruit. First of all, which senses did he use? When Chava encountered the fruit, it says, Vatera, she saw the fruit. And when Adam <coughs> sinned, he did a, He made a big mistake. What did he do? He listened to his wife. Those are the two big mistakes of all time. She saw the fruit and he listened. Re'iyah and Shmi'ah. Ultimately, this will be corrected, when tikav is Gadol, we'll hear the Shofar and we'll do shmia. and we'll the Neis L'Kabetz Goh Yoseinu, we'll see the banner, and we'll correct our Riya. Okay? Two bad things happen, one worse than the other. One easier to correct than the other. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Kuf Mem is going on to Kuf Vav, that the Nachash didn't just converse with Chava. The Nachash actually had relations with Chava and the Lashon of Gemara is Ba-Nachash al chava Ba-Zuama The Nachash cohabited with Chava and he injected in her Zuhama Grime, Grime You know what Zuhama is? Nowadays people are very hygienic and they have crock pots with plastic linings mm-hmm. That Cholent has no time You need to get an old metal pot And the old metal pot Why do you get an old metal pot? Because this way today's Cholent is not just today's Cholent it's last week's cholent also. And it's decades and decades and decades of cholent going back with doirei doireis. That's why the old cholent has a good taste. Nowadays, you just take out a plastic insert. The cholent is for only this week's cholent. And it's full of the chemicals of the plastic insert. You go back to the, the metal pot. The metal pot has zuhama, grime in it, right? By the way, this is, you don't have, that's not part of the Torah. That's just Eitzot Toiva, okay? <laughs> Zuhama. I'm just trying to give you an example of what Zuhama is. The Nachash put zuama in Chava. But Chazal say that Klal Yisrael who stood on Har Sinai, Pascha Zuhamasan, The grime in us ceased. It doesn't mean there's no grime in the world. There's still grime in the world. There's grime in the Ummah Yisraelim. We got rid of our grime. So the first bad thing that happened to Adam 8 from the 8th Sadas is that mankind was injected with Zuhamah but another bad thing happened and this is worse and this is much harder to correct and that is the Gemara Erevin says that Adam Arishan after the sin of the Eitz Hadass he was Poyresh from Chava and he was Moilid, Shedin, Ruchin and Lelan. he emitted Zerah and Kedusha got dispersed I'm not going to say exactly how many right now the exact number but they got dispersed throughout the world and that was the purpose of being in Mitzrayim to collect the sparks of Kedusha so listen carefully First, what happened was, Ra of the Nachash got mixed into the Toiv. And the other thing that happened is, the Toiv of Adam got mixed into the Ra. Now when we stood on Harsinai, we eradicated the Ra that got mixed in the Toiv. But we never fully collected the Nitzotes HaKadusha that got scattered all over the world. That will not be accomplished until the end of time, when not only will evil be, the Ra, be rid from ourselves, but we'll also be able to gather the sparks of Kadusha that got mixed into the whole world. Marvara Rabbisai, there are two sides. There's the right side, and there's the left side. The Tzad Yamin, the Tzad Yamin is the Daraim, is Midas HaKhessad, that's the midah of expansiveness, to be able to reach out and utilize avas Hashem to accomplish beyond yourself. The left side, which is midah sadin, is the midah of constriction to sort of hold yourself back and keep yourself pure. When we stood on Harsinai, God blew the shoifer of which side of the Isle of Yitzchak? The left side. That represented... Uh, a confinement, being able to rid man, uh, Klal Yisrael from the evil that the Nachash uh, injected into us. That was the left side, but that was a smaller side, that was a much harder job. That was a much easier job, excuse me. The harder job is when we'll blow the shoifra of the right side, the big shoifra, the hard job, to be able to <laughs> gather all the sparks that have been spread all over the world. Okay. So what bird are we up to? We're up to the tenth bird. What's the tenth bird? The kais. What's a kais? What in the world is a kais? The kais is an owl. Hmm, interesting. What, is, what, is, what do we know about an owl? In the Gemara we know two things about an owl. You ready? <coughs> The Gemara, by the way, how do we know it's an owl? Look at number 46. The Keria, that's the owl. We know two things about a Keria from the Gemara. The Keria has eyes in its face like a human being. All the other birds, they have like eyes on the side of their face. You ever see a bird? Yeah, you wonder. Hey pal, you looking at me? Like, where are you looking? You know, it has like a beak and has one eye over here, one eye like, who are you looking at? The, uh, <coughs> the owl has two eyes in its front, and it's looking at you like... like you, you turn away, right? You don't want to stare at the owl. The owl has eyes like you, and real like an Adam! And the Gemara says it also has another interesting feature, like an Adam. It's the only creature that has lesasais, Cheeks. Cheeks. The owl has cheeks. There is a... I wouldn't recommend that, but yeah... The Gemara in Chulin says, Darshe Chamurais would say that a cheek, a lechi, represents, sh- um, tfila. The chi, you daven with your cheeks. You daven, that's a Gemara. The Gemara says, you, Mashmiya Koil koel with your cheeks. Therefore, the owl represents the kaya and the kaya Hashmiya. It has eyes like a human being. This way, if you want to know Godal, what do I need to be masaki in? I need to be masaki in the Kaya of of Rishon, like an owl. What else do I need to misak in the Kaya Hashmiya of Chava, of Like an owl that has cheeks. The cheeks is the Hashmas coil like a shoifar. Cheeks. And therefore, the status of this world now throughout Tanakh. The owl is always called Chara haravoyes, the owl of devastation, because right now, before for b'shevragodol, the koyacharria is contaminated, the koyachashmia is contaminated, and therefore, when you say for Godal, you're going to think about that owl. You're going to think about after we have to be masaking the koyacharria, we have to be masaking the koyachashmia, and this is going to give you a new kavan on so say, the first bracha is the eagle, the mugging of the eagle. The second bracha is the kaya ha'oyz of the osnia, followed by the peres, which is a combination of chesed and din. The ayah, the dayah, is ato chenem adam das. The raven is, what? Tshuva. Then the slicha, that's the ostrich. Re'eva yenu is the tachmas, from chamas. The rufu- Rufua is the Shachaf, from Shachafes. Baruch is the nates with so many feathers. And we're up to the 10th Bracha. The 10th Bracha, of course, is the Owl. Stay tuned for the next bird, and the next Bracha, Sh'mon, that's we're going to discuss by Shal Shudas, or you could um, catch it, Meretz Hashem, in Torah, anytime. And B'Siyat Dishmaya, you never know, maybe next year will be Zorcha to finish the Hoshman Saiy. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.